You're invited to The Prom, the next Broadway and Chicago show at the Cadillac Palace Theater, playing for one week only, April 19th through 24th. This show is described as having a Jewish soul. The Prom is a musical comedy about big Broadway stars on a mission to change the world and the love they discover that unites them all. Okay, real talk. I saw this show on Broadway and was dancing in my seat the whole time when I wasn't crying. Okay, sometimes I was dancing and crying at the same time. The Prom makes you believe in musical comedy again and is so full of happiness that you think your heart is going to burst. Everyone deserves a chance to celebrate at the Cadillac Palace Theater for one week only, April 19th through 24th. And Mishkan Chicago gets a special discount code. The code is PARTY49 for $49 tickets, valid for April 19th and 20th evening shows only, and the 21st in the orchestra, dress circle, and loge seating area. Again, PARTY49. So get tickets now at broadwayinchicago.com. Welcome to the Morning Scroll. I'm Rabbi Dina Cowens from Mishkan, Chicago, and you're listening to what will be a quick dive into this week's Parsha. If you've been meaning to brush up on your Jewish literacy or you're looking for some inspiration, you've come to the right place. This week we read Parshat Shmini, the 8th, about day 8, the day after the priests are inaugurated. We'll start with a brief recap. So after seven days of lockdown and rituals, day eight arrives for the newly anointed priests and Moshe gathers everyone in the Israelite camp to the Mishkan to witness the divine presence entering it. Aaron offers a bunch of sacrifices, then lifts his hands in blessing, and Moshe and Aaron bless the people that God will enjoy their handiwork, which it seems God does. A heavenly fire descends and consumes the sacrifices on the altar, but then Aaron's older sons, Nadav and Avihu, bring a strange fire and another heavenly fire consumes them. Moshe orders other priests to remove their bodies from the Mishkan and tells Aaron and his other sons not to observe traditional morning rituals for Nadav and Avihu. He then gives a law that the priests may not drink wine before coming to work. Moshe then reminds Aaron and the surviving sons to eat that day's offerings, which wouldn't normally be done by mourners, but then Moshe learns that they burned the offerings instead of eating them. Moshe tries to chide Aaron for that, but Aaron claps back and Moshe accepts his counterargument. Then it's back to laws. We learn how to distinguish between kosher and non-kosher animals. For land animals, it means they have to chew their cud and split hooves. Fish need to have fins and scales and not eat dead things. We learn that most bugs aren't kosher except for one specific type of locust. We also learn that there's a type of ritual impurity that you can get if you come into contact with a dead, non-kosher animal, or certain types of creepy crawly things like rodents and amphibians. Finally, we learn that food and utensils can also become impure if they come into contact with something impure, such as the above impure dead things, or a kosher animal that wasn't properly slaughtered, and the Parsha ends by reminding us that we can be holy by not eating forbidden foods. There's a powerful lesson in mourning in this week's Parsha, but the commentators aren't sure what it is. After his sons Nadav and Avihu die in the Mishkan while offering a strange fire, Moshe tries to explain their deaths to Aaron, and Aaron says, nothing. Vaidom Aharon, the text says, Aaron fell silent. So the commentators ask, does this mean that he was wailing loudly and then ceased to make noise? Was he ignoring Moshe? Does this mean that he was angry but didn't lash out at Moshe? Does it mean that he was consoled by what Moshe said? All of these different ideas are offered by the commentators, but of course, we can't know for sure which one it is. In some ways, these different reactions look like some of the different stages of grief. Anger, depression, denial, acceptance. 
Though many psychologists now believe grieving is more of a looping journey where you feel different things at different times rather than a linear process, any of these explanations for why Aaron didn't respond to Moshe's offer of comfort helps us see that each of these responses to loss is valid. Aaron, in his grief, did not owe Moshe an explanation of what he was feeling. We continue this practice of letting mourners dictate the conversation in Jewish houses of mourning where the tradition is that a visitor who has come to comfort the mourner is not supposed to initiate conversation. We sit, quietly, near the mourner, and if they want to talk, they can talk. And if they want to be quiet, we sit there quietly with them. So I want to offer Aaron a blessing in his grief that he continues to feel in this moment of loss, that his brother and his community are there with him, that he doesn't have to reply, and that in the moment after he doesn't reply, we see... Moshe doesn't ply him for an answer. Moshe instead turns to the other priests and makes arrangement for the burial. So I hope that Aaron was able to receive that space as love. And I want to offer a blessing to each of you, whether you are currently in mourning or hope not to be for many years, that when the inevitable happens and you must grieve the loss of someone you love, that you know that you are allowed to be and feel however you feel. You don't owe anyone else comfort or even a response. I'll see you next week.